Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. Do you enjoy listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the podcast? Have you picked up our book yet? Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. That has over 100 cast and crew who have contributed to this book. And it's, I think people really love it. I mean, we also have community commentary where a lot of the community have participated in this. It's just a great book. We recommend you pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska And Ben, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brian! Yes, it's 2017. Woo! Very exciting. You know what 2017 means. New Twin Peaks. New Twin Peaks. This is the year. And I didn't say nude Twin Peaks. I said new Twin Peaks. I'd be happy for new <laughs> Twin Peaks. I have to say, before we get on with today's show, a big thank you to Scott Ryan for hosting our best of show. I hope it didn't confuse people when you tuned in last week and you're like, it says the best of, and there's this guy on here. And I was confused. Talking. I thought I was listening to the Red Room. Go check out the Red Room podcast. Scott, you're amazing. Thank you for doing that. What for a great us job. Again. He did, he was something else. He he oh. is a class act. He is. It, it came out perfect. And even he even sang the theme song. Oh. <laughs> I think we need to use that yes, for that. blackmail so he'll do this year's right. best of. Uh. We're gonna release the whole thing, Scott. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll do your next one. 2017. We got a lot to talk about in today's episode. We got a lot going on. We're gonna get into the first segment. It's Log Lady Time. There is a sadness in this world, for we are ignorant of many things. Yes, we are ignorant of many beautiful things, things like the truth. So sadness in our ignorance is very real. The tears are real. What is this thing called a tear? There are even tiny ducks, tear ducks, to produce these tears should the sadness occur. Then the day when the sadness comes, then we ask, will this sadness which makes me cry, will this sadness that makes me cry my heart out, will it ever end? The answer, of course, is yes. One day the sadness will end. So this was Log Lady intro for episode three, 
And when I was thinking about the sadness, is like, you know, a lot of people used to laugh about how there was so much sadness in the show, especially with like Sarah Palmer would be like, ah, ah, ah. But this is like real grief. It made it more realistic than most shows are willing. Most shows are like you have one day to grieve, yeah. and the very next day everybody's fine. At least for the first season, they had they spent the whole first season with these characters grieving, and then you really could see by the second season with Leland's hair turning white, it seemed like they had turned a corner, and it was maybe less of that. You're right, because when Leland dies, the grieving doesn't last beyond his funeral. Yeah, I always thought that was funny. That, uh, or even, even not at the even wake, his, his or funeral, the wake of his wake. What was it? It was a his wake. wake. Yeah, and his wake. There was like nobody was sad for him, and they're all kind of like, "Let's talk about fishing." And uh-huh. and uh, oh, the the mayor and his brother are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing footsies. footsies yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. Um, I think this show did something unique because t- in today's TV structures, there will be grieving in multiple episodes of some show. Yeah, but back then, I didn't remember a lot of that happening on not at all they want to get past it and it's like oh that's a downer and we can't have a character be sad for multiple episodes right yeah because you're gonna make the viewer sad right but this is about a girl in a small town who does many right. people are affected by yeah, this yeah they're, they're a close-knit community yeah i mean they yeah she it seems like laura palmer touched every one, single one of them i mean somewhere or another <laughs> hey get hey. your get your mind out of the gutter yeah so yeah i mean truly so i it makes total sense about what the log lady's talking here sadness it, sadness i mean she just says sadness a lot i mean she, it's overabundance yes. but maybe you're like you're saying that is a tongue-in-cheek saying yeah well that's what this is what Twin Peaks is about right now. Mm. The sadness. <laughs> oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. Same thing as last year in Mr. Blodgett's bar. Give me the camera. Sorry. This is going to happen every damn time. I'm sorry. And now, who is in Twin Peaks 2017? So we got the Twin Peaks 2017 cast. Ooh. Who should we talk about today? Well, Ben, the two people that have been on my mind, Ray Wise as Leland Palmer and Grace Zabriskie as Sarah Palmer. We're looking at the IMDb. Now, folks, if you you still want to stay in the dark, we know nothing. Uh, This is all, you know, theory. Yes. On our part, we don't know anything beyond what we're gonna just gonna come up with some wild things and see if it comes true. We see on IMDb right now that these two are scheduled. What they're saying in eighteen episodes, we don't know. We don't know how many yeah. episodes are gonna be. But what do you think these characters are gonna do in the new series? So, off the top of my pointy little head, at this moment in time, what I would like to see Sarah Palmer. I'd like her to still be in the Palmer house. Mm. Um, She's part of the community still. Yeah, you know, and maybe, maybe out in public, she's holding it together. Um, maybe in the house, maybe the house isn't like you know the, maybe covering. She probably still smokes in the house. There's probably you know because they made such a big deal about the ashtrays and tons of cigarettes. Yes, maybe we're just gonna see that everywhere. <laughs> like just. Ashtrays and cigarettes. Right. And instead of throwing you think it away, she's a hoarder. 
of ashtrays and cigarettes, yes. yes. Instead of like emptying it, she's like, I gotta go buy another ashtray. <laughs> and maybe that would be like she's just kind of by herself oh, and lonely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do you envision depressing. Sarah Palmer remarrying anybody? In the Twin Peaks No, I, I agree. I think she'd be pretty lonely and to herself. And it's kind of sad 25 years later that, I mean, I don't, did she has she found peace? You know, that's a good point. Because I think Firewalk With Me gave us peace to uh, Laura. Mm. And then we have this cliffhanger with, you know, uh, Cooper. But there's no closure for Sarah Palmer. Yeah. What's interesting, too, is that so the last time we see uh, Sarah Palmer is in the last episode of season two. And Sarah is, is delivering a message to Major Briggs. Yeah. And I was, I'm, I'm never sure if it's Bob or Wyndham Earl, but it says, I'm, I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. But, so there's this mystical em- element to Sarah Palmer. You wonder if that continues. There was talk that at least the actors had thought it would be cool to be a witch, that she would have a sister that was witches, and that they were going to be more of a supernatural element to it. Yeah, I mean, that that's interesting if they go that way. Um, but maybe Sarah, maybe she's been visited by Bob. Mm-hmm. By living in this house that's right. been haunted by the past. Mm. You know, we don't even know what a Bob would look like. Yeah. Here is where my theory is going to get crazy. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if it comes true. Is the only theory that makes sense to me mm. is that Leland Palmer will be the new Bob. I like that, too. He definitely seems like he'd have a connection to the Black Lodge. Like, we already saw him at the last episode where he's like, I didn't kill anybody. He's laughing. He's laughing and he's sinister. And it's the doppelganger, at least, version of... of, the white hair. Yeah. Yeah, right? I I think Leland Palmer might be the new Bob because we don't have a Bob. And here's another weird thing. Mm. When we got the little teaser last... Well, actually, in 2015, we got that little Showtime teaser. It was just the Twin Peaks, Hawk speaking, Mm. Michael Horse, and a figure behind a white sheet, Hmm. and the person had white hair. Now, I had two theories. That was either David Lynch holding up a sheet... Yes. Or Leland Palmer holding up a sheet. I always thought it was... I thought it looked a lot like David Lynch, but I can see what you're saying... So, yeah. so would uh, would Cooper look in the mirror and see Ray Wise or Leland? Is that would you see it that way? Would he, yeah, would he... to show us that the evil is in Cooper, Dale mm. Cooper. Still, you would see Ray Wise because you know the actor who played Bob passed away. So, right. what do you do in that situation? You could get another actor who that looks, looks like, him. like him. But I do like the idea of in- including. Leland as the new sinister evil and stuff. And boy, does Ray Wise do a good evil. Like, yes. I mean, he did an excellent job in the series and he did an excellent job in Firewalk With Me where you could see he can go from the nicest, sweetest guy ever to like very sinister evil and God, get me out of here. You know? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, do you think the same way that he's going to be kind of like the new Bob? Yeah, I've had, that, too? I've had that. That has been my theory. Definitely. Well, if I guess if we took that theory off the table, if we said that theory does not exist, say for some reason, no, there is someone playing Bob. That is not it. How would Leland Palmer fit in because he's dead? I had one more thing to say about Sarah Palmer, mm. but I'm going to connect it now with, with, with Leland Palmer. Yeah, so yeah. I thought another thing would be interesting if we could have closure for Sarah Palmer. If somehow, we still wonder how uh, Laura, Laura will definitely play a part in this. It would be interesting to have closure between Laura and her mom 
and maybe Laura and her dad. Like yes. If, you know what I mean? So yes. somehow we have these elements. Somehow they can reconnect. The real ones, the real people that where Leland could, could get forgiveness from Laura or he could he could be the one to say, I'm sorry for doing this. What if he could actually admit that, yes, I was, I did do those terrible acts. When Now, when Leland was dying, he right. was saying, I he see did. you. Right. And But then we, 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 we didn't visually see that. We heard him saying those things. And at the end of Firewalk with Me, we know that Laura gets to descend to what we think is heaven or something happier. Could be the White Lodge. The White Lodge. Who knows? Maybe Leland and Sarah Palmer are reunited. Uh, Le- Laura and Laura, Laura and, and Leland. Well, and, reunited. and the thing is, Leland says he sees the light and he, and he mm. sees his daughter smiling and yeah. and and then we see in Firewalk with Me that she's smiling and there is that light. So you do kind of wonder connected it, together. It's connected together, but they're never there together to actually face to face to actually have a conversation. That would kind of blow my mind to be able to get that reunion. What if we get the White Lodge in this series? Right. Because we, I don't feel like we have. We've gotten maybe a waiting room, the mm-hmm. Black Lodge, right. the Red Room, whatever you want to call it. But maybe Sarah Palmer somehow dies lonely in her house. Maybe she reunites with them. Mm, maybe. And you, we get to see all three of them sitting at the dinner table. Major Briggs mentions the White Lodge in one of the episodes, and we see him on a throne or a chair with all the forestry area. And I always wondered, is that considered the White Lodge? I don't think so. It's not mm. really what I would think is the White Lodge. And some people have a theory that the waiting room with, with the zigzagged floor is both the White Lodge and the Black Lodge t- together, which I don't know if I believe that either. Mm. I, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see come the new series yeah. if they bring that up. Because uh, Lynch is very visual, so I feel like the White Lodge might look more white than red. Yeah. You know, uh, a more pleasant place. It's heaven. It could be. Yeah, it could be this version of heaven, right? In heaven, everything is fine. Yes. (laughs) We get to hear that song play. I love (laughs) that that song. I love that song. And now it's time for Twin Peaks Stories. So, Ben, we finally get to talk about this. Yeah, it's been, it seems like it's been a few months, but uh, we, this is the moment to talk about a recent uh, Twin Peaks trailer that featured the cast. This came out near the, actually, the same day Mark Frost book dropped. That's right, uh, October 18th. Yeah. Yeah, it came out the same day. So, we were so busy with Mark Frost Month, or as I like to call it, Frosttober. <laughs> um, and we had movies, and we had guests and stuff. This kind of got pushed in the back burner. So I think it's a, a good time to talk about. It's 2017. The show's coming back this year. Mm. We can really kind of dig into this a little bit. You can follow along with us, because we're just going to play it and just kind of talk about what we yeah. see, right? I don't remember when I heard the first rumor. Albert! David Lynch and Mark Frost called me, and they said, There's something happening here. It is I happening again. I figured something was up. He said, have you heard the rumor? So Harry, who plays uh, Andy, holy yeah. smokes. 
He looks old? He looks old. Aww. I know. We're all gonna get old, and I'm not making fun of the fact that he's old, but it's crazy to think. I just watched a show a year ago. I know. And how what young a year, he what looked. What a year, what he, a year makes up. That was a rough year for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy drove him crazy. Yeah. Now, There's the baby. You know, them having a baby now. And- you know, their baby is 25 years That's old. That's true. That's crazy. So he'll be a character on the show. He That's or not she. A, he or she. That's not a spoiler. Do we know it's a boy? I don't know if we knew it was a boy or not. I don't think they said it was a oh, boy. Oh, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. Because it, she just got pregnant. But because she was pregnant for so long on the I show, know. it felt like she forever. Was like a month, she was a month pregnant. Yeah, by yeah, the end. yeah, yeah. I mean, for all we know, she could have been lying just to get the guy. Oh, oh, no. Lucy wouldn't do that. No. All right, let's play. Twin Peaks, and I said, I actually have. He said, they're all true. I didn't faint, but I did experience the strangest feeling. There was nothing like it. Revisiting all this territory, there's a freshness to it. There's a lightness. I love that they're showing images with Kyle McLaughlin and David Lynch right next to each other on the set. I mean, we don't know what's going on in that yeah. scene, but just to have that moment where they're together working on the show is is a cool scene. The 34-second mark. They're giving us a shot. Now, if I'm correct, that's what's left over of the smokestacks in the opening sequence. There's a smokestack that's like across the street from the sheriff's station. That's it. This I is it. You, yes. This I is did. it. Yeah. You know how I know the documentary on the Blu-ray. Ah. Uh, they show you. Now, this is what's left over. There was a fire. They got rid of it or whatever. It was abandoned mm. building. So this is all that stands. And it's interesting. I wonder if the opening credits are going to be like the same shots, but 25 years later. Yeah. The new falls, the way right. the falls look like now. The buildings, what they look like now. Right. That's so cool. That would be something. Yeah. Do you think there'd be a long, as long intro as it was in the 90s? I mean, that's a long, every episode of Twin Peaks was kind of long. Yes, yeah. I agree. If you watch shows on HBO, Showtime, or any of these networks, mm. even like FX, their intros are long. Hmm. And they're cool. Right. I mean, I think about Fargo. Doesn't Fargo have a long opening? Yes. Which I think is wonderful. They usually have a, like a, a wide shot landscape and they take their time and it, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, the only show that I've ever known that is literally like bam is uh, Lost. Hmm. It's just like Lost, <laughs> there, go, boom, boom. But everybody else, nice long. Remember when like uh, themes weren't, a th- they were trying to get rid of themes? Yes. They're like, Themes were too long. People were tuning out, which right. was BS. So they were trying to shorten up themes. And yeah. then all of a sudden, themes got longer again. The trend. Now yes. I think people love themes. Yes. True Detective, season two. I think the theme outshined the show. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. <laughs> it was yeah, a good theme. Cool. Right. It was a good theme. I think, do you ever, you ever see the new girl? It's a yeah. comedy. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, new girl. They had a theme, and then now they've kind of done it where it's like, and it's just like it's like ten seconds. They don't even do like the Aww, theme anymore. See, I love the. Beginning. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, I hate when they like yeah, shorten. I agree with you. I kind of it gets you in the mood for the theme and stuff. So, yeah. Cheers, iconic, Ugh, iconic the best theme ever. Yeah, I mean, Mash, Cheers, right. Uh, friends, I mean, you saw those. It was sort of like junk food for the mind. You're like, mm. yes, this makes me feel good. Yes, I think Twin Peaks. We have to have that open. Right, we I have think X Files. What about X Files? Yes, oh. that's like you hear that and it makes you feel like a kid again, yep. like a teenager or whatever. Yeah, Twin Peaks has to have that intro. It has to. It has to. How sad would we be if it did But didn't? good take. Good, good. I, I think you're actually right about this. Then. There's the cars. There's cars on the side. And if I, yeah, on the other side is the uh, sheriff station. Hmm. It's just been a beautiful thing getting to see everybody. And it's almost as if no time had passed. 
It is such a group process. You feel like you're part of a team, but something bigger than that. Amy Shells. And she is the uh, girl agent TP. TP. Ooh. Yes. Which, what was her name? Tamara Preston. You're right. Tamara Preston. Mm. I like that name. She's going to be playing that person. At least that's what I am assuming. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they would change it. The book will be brought up in probably small doses to say, I've looked through files about this case. Why not? She has to be brought up to date about Mm. Twin Peaks. Right. Because she's new. Yeah, but it could be just a one-liner where I've 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 looked over all the files and even the blue rose. Yeah, yeah, the blue, yeah. And the next person we see, Jim Belushi. Now I remember something bigger than I remember hearing this, and I was a little worried about him being in it. It's like, oh, he's like comedy, and this. I thought the same thing. I but the same even thing. seeing him in his suit, and I'm like, okay, he's like, he maybe he can do it. And I I think he's done some serious roles maybe in the last couple of years that. Has been well received. You know, I heard the same. I think it might have been on the Red Room podcast mm. uh, where I think maybe it was uh, Scott Ryan or John Thorne brought up Jim Belushi. And I was nervous too. I was yeah. like, according to Jim? Right. Like life according to Jim? Yeah. Oh, God, no. In the moment, and it's the best kind of acting. There's the, there's the falls. Mm. That the characters go on is remarkable. The show's very dynamic and has a James. lot of facets. In my opinion, it, it discovers in a poetic way the whole human experience. James is back. I want to believe his acting is better. <laughs> and He's had 25 years. He's had 25 years. What is his character going to be doing? Right. I would love it. I would love it if they spent more time with the Bookhouse Boys. I think that would be something. I, I feel like we didn't get enough Bookhouse Boys in the in the original series and there. And he can kind of be the leader. Wow. That's giving him a lot. You think so? You think yes. He, he could be the he leader. He needs uh, something. He needs something. something. None of this go to another town, have an affair with a married woman, and save them. Right. Give them something of importance. I mean, we try to stay away from spoilers, but... I get the sense that Donna's not going to be in this. I mean, maybe she is. Maybe she's another mm-hmm. actress. I don't know. But it'd be strange to think that James could exist in Twin Peaks and not have Donna. I mean, it seems like they've been together. Is Donna number two in this? I don't know. I'm we staying away got, from spoilers. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. But I, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think, I don't know of original Donna or, or Firewalk With Me Donna being in this. I don't yeah. know. Or a new Donna. Or a new third Donna. Donna. I mean, there's actresses that could look like sort of like Donna but Mm. we've stayed away from spoilers so we don't know know. so I'm saying right now I don't think Donna's in it and if Donna's not in it it would be interesting to see James kind of be a character without a woman you know like he's like oh it's always been about Laura it's been about Donna or it's been about Maddie and it's like wow you get a chance to actually just be a person and not have to worry you know about other women here's a crazy theory Donna's killed and James is like on the hunt for the killer that could be cool yeah. Or they could just keep on, they could just kill off each character. Yeah. Donna gets killed, and then James turns around and gets killed. killed. <laughs> Aww. Aww. These are good characters. I mean, it was good to see him in this trailer, yes. and I think he he looks pretty good. He looks yep. a little skinny. I mean, he seems to be in. And I think his shape. acting is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing we see is it looks like <clears throat> agents. So it looks like multiple agents. Maybe FBI agents, possibly. But it's interesting to see that the government definitely seems to have a bigger role, possibly, in the new series. And yeah, and they're all walking, doing the cool walk towards yep. the camera. Big cast. It's a big story. Big things happen. There are so many surprises in the show. Who's that Robert guy? He's in this great TV show that I like called Prison Break, which is coming back this year. Interesting. And uh, I, I thought he'd be a great Bob. 
I'm sure he's not going to be play, being played Bob, but he's he can be a creepy character, and mm. I, I think he's a great actor, and I'm looking forward to doing, seeing whatever he's going to be doing. You're right. That's cool. And then we have Krista Bell. Yep, singer. She's done collaborations with David Lynch. So she could be the next Julia Cruz? She could be, very much. She could be another. We could be going to back to the Roadhouse, and she could just be singing in the atmosphere. Yeah, 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 that'd be really cool. Prepare to be a little out of your comfort zone in the best possible way. We knew it was gonna be something special. We just didn't know in what form or how. There's nothing I can say to describe it. It's been absolutely wonderful. So is Kyle gonna choke up there? Was he? Oh really, my was God! He, was he really moved? He was like, I, I can't say anything more. It's just gonna be amazing. I was choked up just watching oh, that part. And he's right? got his suit on. He's yes, got, like, he's, and his hair is uh, slicked. Uh, if this is all we got until that very first episode, I would be happy with that, mm. wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want a trailer that will give anything away. Right. And I know in this day and age, everybody wants trailers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it's tricky because we do this podcast where it's weekly and we want to give information and talk about things. But you're right. I'm the same way. I don't want speculate. I like to speculate, but right. I don't want to know. For I don't. But even if they give us a trailer, you know, David Lynch would have full control over that trailer, and he would allow the least amount of information to come out. Mm. And I think that was it for the trailer. Yep. Oh yeah. Cool. Coming in 2017. Coming this year. Yes, this is so exciting. We're almost there, people. We're almost there. And now it's time for Lost in Twin Peaks with Joel Baco. favorite things I think are the two big documentaries. They got one, Secrets from Another Place, and that's from the Gold Box. We had planned to shoot three different uh, endings, revealing three different killers, and I believe it was going to be Richard Boehmer, Leland, and Dr. Jacoby. Jacoby? I didn't figure he had anything to do with this at all. I remember taking the three of them into my office and sitting them down and saying, the killer is in the room. And I haven't heard that anywhere else. So hmm. when he interviewed in Reflections, he says, you know, and him and everyone just say, oh, no, it was Ben and Leland. The, the most recent uh, Twin Peaks Fest in Washington, there was a question to answer, and somebody brought wow. Jacoby as well. Uh, this question is specifically for Russ <coughs> Hamblin. Speaking personally, one of the moments in history where I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall was the meeting where you, Richard Boehmer, and Ray Wise were told who the killer was. Do you have any memories of that meeting? And as the years have gone by, have you wished that they made a different decision? <laughs> were we told? I don't remember. <laughs> we were told. The three of us were told. No. Are you sure about that? No. I just I remember hearing a story that the three of you were in a room together. Richard, Cheryl, and Ray. It was Richard, Cheryl, and Ray that were in the room. Not All right, I was mistaken. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was in the closet. I was like, oh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about, but maybe they did see the Blu-ray. Maybe they saw the, they saw the Blu-ray. And I think maybe Mark, Fr I, I want to believe Mark Frost misspoke. So the two documentaries, one is called Secrets from Another Place. It's from 2007 on the Gold Box, and it uh, covers the whole history of the show. 
and actually, that one kind of has, for, for me personally, it has significance because uh, back in 2008, so like right after the Gold Box came out, when I first watched the series, I watched the whole show, um, and I liked it, but I wasn't planning on like rewatching it anytime soon, you know. Mm. And then I watched the film, and I was, you know, we talked about the film, what an impression that made, and sort of changed how I was like looking at the show and, and all of the whole thing. And so then it was like, okay, so I'd seen the show and the movie, and the last thing I got from Netflix was the bonus disc because on Goldbox all of the features were on one disc, mm. and that had that documentary. And I watched that documentary, and that was what made me like want to watch the whole show again and kind of fall back into the Twin Peaks universe. Not like just like, okay, I experienced that. It had good parts. It had bad parts. Loved some things about it. And, you know, and now I'm kind of done with it or whatever. But it was like watching that, that documentary specifically. Um, and I mentioned this actually in one of our previous interviews, when they talk about the sets that they built, it was like something clicked where it was like Disneyland almost. They're like, you know, showing how they reconstructed these locations on mm-hmm. a soundstage and they just wander from like the diner into, you know, Ben Horn's office and all this stuff. And it was so cool. It was like, it really made me realize like what they had created because you kind of take it for granted a little bit mm, on the yeah. show. But it's like, no, it's it's so cool. So so that documentary is really interesting. And it's, re- it's funny because it's really tough on the second season. Like this is made for the movie for the dvd to promote the show and they're interviewing all the actors and writers and they're all like ah, yeah we kind of dropped the ball and timmy robertson says like i hated the whole second season uh, sucked or something like that and right. they wow. just like get, they all get angry it's like it's so it's, it's kind of a, you know entertaining drama mark frost admits the wyndham earl story should have happened a little sooner too yeah he does, he says that and that's interesting because i've been following the reddit uh rewatch so i'm watching it that way and it's interesting watching it at a slower pace because i like a lot of the mid-season stuff i just genuinely enjoy it more when it's like i watch an episode two or three days go by i do my stuff and i get back and i sit down again and i watch another which is how you guys kind of watched it this mm, time yeah yeah but i've never watched it at that slow pace before i've always only watched it within a matter of like a month or less sometimes even just marathon you know mm. so it's an interesting uh way but we're on episode 21 now where windham Earl shows up at the end and it's interesting this one that's probably my least favorite episode mm. and it's still like just I watched it again uh, earlier today, and it was just like that one still kind of just drags to me. And it's like I think part of the problem too is some of the earlier ones, like the episode nineteen with like Nadine as a as a wrestler and like <laughs> little Nikki Thoppler and all that stupid stuff. It's so unimportant that it's almost yeah. like more fascinating than it is offensive because it's huh. like this is just yeah. yeah. But later when they start to move forward on some important stuff, whether it's Josie or Wendell Merrill or Annie. It can get more frustrating when the show messes up because this is like the important stuff, you mm. know. I think the worst part of the series is that little window, like right before, right after the dog, the dog farm stuff is over, but right before, and right as Josie's stuff is coming to a head, and it's just like you can just feel everything just dragging. Like, okay, mm. we got to bring all these plots to an end. And, take care of this business and then and then it picks up a little bit. The other thing I just want to mention is that, you know, that whole Wyndham Earl uh, thing, actually Bob Angle's producer, writer, I believe he knew the yeah. actor in real life and he brought him into yeah. the show. Uh, and actually, I think he mentions this in Wrapped in Plastic, I think they had a tight budget and that part of the reason that we didn't see Wyndham Earl for so long too was because I think they might not have been able to afford the actor for uh-huh. that whole time. 
which I think is interesting too. See, so maybe yeah. they want to say, yeah, we should have brought him in earlier, but maybe it was financially they financially couldn't. they couldn't and yeah. stuff. So I, I don't think that. it because it feels like a pretty kind of feels like a lavish show. Like even today, when production values are so much higher on cable than they were on network TV, like it still looks like kind of a lavish show. You know, mm. sometimes they'll go to like a set that you haven't seen before, and it's like, wow, they actually like built this whole set just for this thing. It's kind sure. of amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. So the last thing I wanted to recommend is um, the documentary Moving Through Time. And I believe it's actually produced by the guy who runs the Dubpa Forum, mm-hmm. or directed by him. And I think he made it like 10 years ago. And then for whatever reason, it couldn't be, you know, it, well, it wasn't going to be on the gold box because they couldn't get the rights. Apparently they wanted Firewalk With Me to be on the gold box. I didn't oh, know that. Interesting. And they just couldn't, they couldn't get the rights to it and they couldn't do it. So... That's why I always just assumed that it was still kind of like the black sheep thing. You know, I'm sure Lynch was still proud of it, but like in general, it was seen as like, oh, that's not really part of Twin Peaks. But yeah. actually, apparently, it was just a rights thing. They just yeah. couldn't get it on. For a long time, but, there was like two studios that that claimed uh, the, the rights to to, to Firewalk with Me, and there was a whole argument on on who owned the rights. Yeah, and with the deleted scenes as well. That was because right. Lynch wanted to actually do what he did, which is like put all that time and money into it and nobody would put up the money. Yeah. So there's a documentary about Firewalk with me, which is really good. Um, it's short, but you know, compared, I mean, compared to everything that they got an hour and a half documentary to cover the whole show, the film is a good half hour or so. Like the documentary mm. is, you know, pretty, pretty meaty. And it goes into all the stuff that Dear Meadow and they talk, one of the things that I used a lot in my video essay, actually, you know, Quoting some of the audio and stuff of um, the, the the crew members talking about Cheryl Lee and her performance and how like how much she went through for that role. And there were several scenes that were emotionally just you know very very draining to do them again and again and again. But it got really deep in the, some of the scenes between Laura's father and her and the train. It was almost hard to do. It was so excruciating watching Cheryl Lee actually reach in those dark, deep places. I just remember hearing it and her being so upset and you know, it was, and we were just, you know, middle of the woods. I mean, just nothing around. They would roll for a long, long time. And yeah. They would really get into it. and. And I think it would take Cheryl a long time to calm down afterwards. I mean, she really, really got into it. But even for us, you know, just being there, it's really disturbing to witness. I think she went so deep. I I felt that she was just about to have a a mental breakdown. She was really letting go and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And a lot of actors were concerned about it. The killing scenes are a little rough to shoot sometimes. I always thought you knew it was me. I took a really good vacation after that film. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, the only thing that sort of doesn't register as much as it would have if it actually had come out in 2006 is there's a lot of talk about like some of the deleted scenes, like the fight. And at that mm-hmm. time, it would have been like, oh, cool. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> but now it's like, well, we've actually seen the scene. So <laughs> I mean, we don't need to even really know, you know. 
but uh, Walter Olkowitz had some good quotes about like trying to ask Lynch what the what I'm blank as a fart meant and the great went and, <laughs> and just just like I don't know, man. What do you think they mean? And he's like, well, I mean, uh, I guess he went. Everything's gone, and now he's he's left. He's the great went, and Lynch is like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I always thought that it was a great went. It was like was referring to that he's dead. Like even though like because there's a whole time thing in, in Firewalk with yeah. me that in a way that we're we're almost like seeing the future that he is going to be dead. Yeah, you know, at some point. Maybe it was a reference to George Went on Cheers. There you go. He kind of looks a little bit like George Went. <laughs> I might have ripped that joke from somewhere else. I have to say, I may have heard that few years. And he was on Cheers. I think he. I think the and the actor was on Cheers. He was on at least yep. one episode there. So, well, thank you, Joel. It is now time for community feedback. So, Ben. You got some feedback for us? I do. And, you know, this is the first episode back in 2017. We've had a lot of specials. You know, we've been away from our normal uh, structured show because we've been doing so many specialty shows. So this is kind of time for catch-up in community feedback. I have to thank the community for going on iTunes. It shows. It's like... Almost full five stars, four and a half. Yeah. Which is really cool. I'll take that. That's really cool. Right. I can take that too. My goal is still our podcast along with our friends. If it's not us, if it's one of them or any of us can break the top 50 before Twin Peaks comes back. I love it to be us, uh, yeah, but if we if it meant getting someone else, Diane's uh, podcast or whatever, anybody, but it would be so cool to see the, the Twin Peaks podcast skyrocket because of the new show right because i've noticed trends when game of thrones is on those are the hot podcasts gotham is on those are the hot podcasts so we have i really feel it's time for the twin peaks podcast to rise and shine in 2017 if you've liked one of our shows if you've liked that mark frost interview if you've liked having joel on the show go out there go to itunes and and yeah. rate us and give us a review and share with other people what, what's great about the show i know we're not perfect i know we make our, our we have our mistakes but there's a lot of good things i think we've done in this last year oh. that it would be wonderful if you guys could go to itunes and give us a good review yeah definitely and these three people did. And I felt that we can start off 2017 with a bang. With Big Wave Biker Dave. He posted back in November, great, great podcast. A must for Twin Peaks fans. And he gave us five stars. That was very nice of him. Thank you. That's yeah. very nice. Now, this one's interesting. This is Iswit or Lonely Soul. Now, Iswit is on Reddit. He wrote Dankest. Five stars. <laughs> now... I don't know what I had to look up what the word dankest meant, and then it made me feel old. I, I feel old too. Do you know what dankest means? No, is it related to thank you or th- <laughs> <laughs> thank you? I don't know. Thank you. No. So I had to look it up. On the Urban Dictionary, dankest means the sickest or illest shit ever. Ooh. So we are the sickest or illest podcast ever. But this is a good thing, right? That's a good thing. <laughs> it really means, if you look it up, it means like dark, wet uh, place or dank. Wow. Like a dank. Yeah. yeah. But dankest. Dankest. I, we are the dankest. dankest. <laughs> yes. So I feel so, we feel so old now. 
Uh, this podcast is the dankest. Every time a new episode comes out, I learn something new. And this coming from a person who thought they knew everything about Twin Peaks inside mm. and out. Keep up the great work, guys. This was back in November. Uh, so thank you is what uh, for the dankest review ever. Yes. I had an urban dictionary of that. Um, I, I never thought I'd have to say that. Um, and then this one comes from Reads and Writes. This was back in October. Their title was, They're Basically Today's Wrapped in Plastic Magazine. Wow. Now, is that one of the coolest compliments? I don't think you get a better, you, you couldn't get a better compliment than that. We thought the Mark Frost show, we could end it. But that, right there, right. doesn't that make, to, be in the to same you, league, Ben, you yeah, must be right. like, yeah. that melts your heart. And John that. sometimes, John Thorne has been kind and said similar things that like we, we kind of c- uh, carried the torch. torch. I don't like to think I could be anywhere in the same league as as Craig Miller and John Thorne. Those guys but it are just, the best. Yeah, they are amazing. I yeah. mean, the research and, and, and the things they did on the, each issue was amazing. So it's... It's a huge compliment, and we really do appreciate hearing such things. I can't imagine, though, being in that same league. But uh, but when we heard John Thorne say something like that at the uh, Great Southern. The Godfather. The Godfather of from Twin Peaks. Peaks yeah. But then we have a total stranger saying that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, that's, wow. that's a really big compliment. Uh, this person gave us five stars. It's kind of a long uh, message. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's in paraphrase. When Ben and Brian do interviews, this show is amazing. The guests they get are heavy hitters, and they know their stuff. The UK convention show is particularly one of his favorite Mm. podcasts. It's probably one of the most popular that we have. So I did, I looked into it. It is our second highest rated podcast Mm. of 2016. Actually, for everything we posted, the number one is Michael Horse. Yeah. The first UK, or I should say the UK 2015, is right there. And they wrote, as... As is the October 2016 Mark Frost interview. So those are their, their favorites right awesome. there. And I don't know if we ever say this, but we all, we're always happy to take suggestions of people. I mean, people will be like, I want Colin McLaughlin on the show. I don't know how yeah, realistic that, that is. Or at least, I mean, it's something we'll work towards trying to get. Yeah. But we're always happy to hear what people would like to uh, guess that we'd like to have on our show. Yeah. Send us an email to at gmail.com. Say, hey, have you ever thought about this person? And if you know the person... You can always indulge us with their number. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They're turning into the source for documenting the Twin Peaks fan community as well as the people who worked on Twin Peaks from acting to production. Hmm. If someone's been keeping Twin Peaks alive in our hearts the past 25 years, Ben and Brian make sure we know about them. That's very nice. That's awesome. That's so cool. Thank you. That was nice to hear. Now, this is the second part of the comment and... I do agree with it. It's the early shows recapping the Twin Peaks TV episodes where they kind of dip in quality Hmm. because for a while they can't seem to keep names or details straight (laughs) and it seems unresearched or at least less prepared. Yeah. Now, those shows, I think think if people don't know it by now, those shows were off the cuff. We put the episode on and we just talked. I don't want to sell ourselves short. I mean, we, no, no. We you did, came in research. I came in with my notes. Right. We, we both had notes. But it I mean, was more I think loose, though. It is a little more loose, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's a little more loose. But it's, we did do our research. I think it sometimes, for even me, there was a lot of characters in that show, yeah. and sometimes it was there were minor characters or 
And I'm just terrible at names in general. Me too. We both are. We're horrible. It doesn't matter what show we're doing. I still am like the worst at names. And that's true in real life. I mean, I work in a place where I have to meet a lot of people. And I'm always like, oh, I hope I don't butcher that person's name. So that was one of our faults. I mean, that was definitely something that we... But something we've worked on, too. Yeah, we definitely have worked on. And definitely towards the end of, of the series... We, we would have list of names and try to and, keep track of it all. You know, this is going to um, kind of like an inside joke with us. But when we were driving to the Great Southern, <laughs> we would talk about things. You know, we're talking and we constantly, Ben and myself, we constantly did this thing where we go, you know that person? What's their name? Right. I don't know. And we came up with an idea that it would be a great podcast where we can't figure out the person's name. And then we included so, Scott Ryan in this. Yeah, and he thought it was hilarious. Yes. So this is just part of who we are. Yes. We, I don't, maybe it's, it's old age. Yeah. We're getting to the point where it's like, who's that person? You know what it is? Old information <laughs> leaves the brain when right. the new stuff comes in yes. at this point in our lives. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's something that, I mean, I think we have definitely gotten better over time. And I, I still wouldn't. There's times I want to be George Lucas and I want to go back and I want to edit those episodes. I don't think so. Though. I know. We, we have the, Brian we, and I have this discussion all the time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know that episode? I want to go into that <laughs> and I want to edit it out and clean it up. And I actually, if I had my way, I would go through every, I would go through 70 episodes and I would uh, start re-editing them and stuff. But at the same time, they are they are who we are. And I yeah. think we, that's you should see the evolution of this show. And I think, uh, Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it great. You know, that's, we're documenting us and that's yeah. who we were we don't want to change the past maybe we do maybe it's no. like uh, the secret history of twin peaks that somebody's going in there and uh, Ooh, that would be cool <laughs> wouldn't that be cool like what if we did that like what if people who everybody who listened to it they thought they knew twin peaks unwrapped but we went in there and we, we like, changed, changed dates and changed stuff everything yeah and you hear just like a voice going mr black you'd <laughs> <laughs> be like what are they talking Hi, I'm Mr. Black. Uh, like, that would be great. That would oh, be awesome. Yes. So uh, they go on. However, even then, Brian is highly entertaining because his newbie theories are pretty insightful, even if they don't come true. And I love listening to those. All told, this podcast is a fantastic example of how to be a grade A fan. Awesome. And that was cool. That was a really good one. I will say this is how you write a comment. Did you see what he did there? He starts off positive, mm. slight critique in the middle, right. and we ends are, positive. Right. We all need constructive criticism, but yeah. I mean, they, he did it in a, a wonderful oh, way. That, so as fantastic way. Listening to this show and you're thinking about writing an <laughs> iTunes review, you can go to iTunes, you can check out these reviews and say, what did they do? <laughs> and write something similar. Probably. Say, just like uh, Reads and Writes, I think this person, he or she, did it Awesome. Like, yes. That's your template for that's a, a template. A, a great anybody review. on the yes. internet. You know, I think that's great. Yes. Uh, what he did was great, or she. Just do what they did. Go on iTunes, leave us that comment, five star review. Find us on Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. We're on Facebook, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And you can send us an email the old fashioned way at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com. Comments, questions, concerns. We and like we also take uh, audio uh, feedback as well. You can always uh, record something. And Yeah, we haven't had one of those in a long time. I know. We're, we're, we're in need of one. Yeah, we want to bring that back. John, Jubal. Yeah, we got to bring that back. <laughs> Where's your audio recording? We need a new one. Thanks again to Silencio. You can find both their albums on iTunes and Apple Music, CD Baby, Amazon, and more. So this is our first episode of 2017. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. See you in the trees. 
The premiere date for the Twin Peaks series revival may have revealed itself. An active Twin Peaks fan site, Welcome to Twin Peaks, posted an image of an official Showtime calendar for 2017. The Twin Peaks page showed numbers that could mean April 30th or sometime after as the premiere date. Naturally, internet fans jumped on the theory bandwagon, but for now, they will have to wait and see. Twin Peaks returns as a limited series to Showtime in 2017.